it's the next level. Guys, this is Ben Beck. I need your help. Seriously. I think my life is in danger. Pat has been chasing me. All right. I'm somewhere in the Pennsylvania woods and I don't know where I am, but he's forcing me to do this. My life depends on it. So please just listen. He's got a special episode. All right. First, you're going to hear an Easter egg with guests from the first big wrestling show recorded in his own apartment. Trust me, it's worth listening to. Just do it. All right. Then a clip from his live show by request, a story about Miley Cyrus that made his dad turn off the show. I don't know why I didn't turn off the show earlier. I wouldn't be in this situation. Finally, part of a lost interview with Marcos from the band Standards and their song May to wrap up the entire thing. Marcos, if you're listening, I need help. Be sure to check out everything here at the network at thenextlevelnetwork.com and keep up with all of Pat's happenings at themeltingpat.com. I, I don't know what else to do. That's all he wrote. Hopefully this saves my life, so kick back. Crap open your cold one and... Until next time, just don't do anything Pat wouldn't do, like chase a man through the woods. Just ring the bell, Jerome. I got free range. They could freestyle. I mean, it's probably not going to make the show. Easter egg, homie. Yeah. Easter egg. It's for for my Patreon subscribers. Yeah. I forgot about that thing. I don't have one. Oh. (laughs) I like that. So, uh, all right. So now you got the Melton Pat with Phil. Let's see. uh, Let's see what we can come up with here. So I got free range. Everyone went to go take a break. Take a if you want to, you know, be frank about it. But um, so I'm sitting here. I get, uh, you know, I got to think about stuff and things. And uh, let's see. So, I mean, I'm really enjoying uh, this uh, talking about wrestling. You know, I've been a big fan of wrestling since uh, as far as I can remember. I remember one Saturday watching a, uh, it was a, a replay of WrestleMania watching Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, even though Giant Gonzalez was the drizzling <laughs> And uh, watching them go at it, and that's just like, whoa. Seeing these two big dudes, and from then, that was it. I was hooked on it. And then they, I was able to, you know, having a massive family that we do, able to uh, share it with them. And then eventually, you know, getting, uh, getting uh, a lot of my friends into it, especially Pat. I mean, everyone else I really don't see about so they could all go to hell. But uh, you know, uh, he told me to freestyle. So you want to you want to join the freestyle? Where's the uh, 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 bruiser in the kitchen? Pat is taking uh, Buster for a. Everyone had a. So uh, yeah, um, and then just growing up, watching the business unfold as a kid, and just being completely mesmerized by it, the whole Attitude Era, the realism of it. Growing up here with ECW, ECW was incredible. That time, it wouldn't have... Ah, oh, yes, new one. You know, we got we got spoiled. Nothing like youth. a fresh one. Yep. You know... What are we talking about? Just going off. I was just talking about my, how I got into wrestling, you know? Like... Dude, the, the, the 90s, we grew up in the eight, in the perfect age of wrestling. Yeah, we got right in between the, gold, we were the golden born. age and the new, and the new oh, era. Oh, yeah. So both. we had the, we had Hulk Hogan at his height in the WWE. And then that transition into Bret Hart, yeah, but right into right into the Attitude Era. So we had like the best period. Yeah, we you know? were the the Monday Night Wars, which was far and away the best time to be a yeah. wrestling fan. Yep. And then you had ECW too on top of that, that was, which I was, was the cherry. So yeah. we got Monday Night Raw, Nitro every single mm-hmm. Monday, and then we got ECW on on Saturday oh, nights. Saturday nights. Saturday nights. You that could, was my, that was the best. Ask for a better time, like Channel Forty Eight. Exactly. Yeah, the WCW and WWF at the time competing every single night. 
and then ECW doing their own thing and mm-hmm. just says, forget about it. Yeah, and, and just like to feel that like you had options back in the day because not only then, like, because I, I try to get every little bit of wrestling as I can, WCW Saturday night. Then Thunder, Thunder on Sunday Thursday, Night Heat. Sunday Night Heat. And um, you know what? They were good shows at the time. Yeah, and there, there was so much, so much talent that even the guys coming up, because that's where we first met Edge and Gangrel yeah. before Christian was even in the picture. Back in those days, an episode of Sunday Night Heat was more entertaining than an episode of SmackDown today. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, it was, be- it, 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 the booking was better. Mm-hmm. Matches just, it was just better. Yeah. And the gimmicks were different. And remember, yeah. we were talking this. We'll get back into it when Pat gets back. People were allowed to be themselves. You know, people That's had the it, it was thing. it was sink or swim back then. It wasn't yeah. cookie cutter like it is now. It Scripted was it was this is your character. You build your character this way. You know, they they gave them their little bullet points or whatever. You know that they wanted to stay on, but they went on their own. Like Godfather, Godfather would in no way in hell exist today. If you know, if you yeah. came up for the most part, the most successful people back then were just more outlandish versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. The Rock was just The Rock to the tenth degree, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that—that's that, those were the most successful guys. Yeah, yeah. And now I mean, it's just a—it's scripted. Mm-hmm. It feels forced. It feels—it it feels very generic. Yeah, like Steve Austin was still. <laughs> he got fired over the phone. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then took that out on Vince. Yeah. Because I mean, you think about it. Like you're mad at one boss, I'm gonna be mad at this guy too. I'm not gonna trust him. And you could see you could see Austin and when he was in ECW cutting those promos, you oh, kind of saw great. you could kind of see what the poten- the potential was. Yeah, 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 exactly. He got to get out and like actually cut his promos as and he didn't as, wrestle. He didn't really wrestle for him. No, I don't he, think he ever wrestled. He for had him. a couple matches. Did he, he have a few? He uh, he actually had Heyman a, just kind of let him. He had a title shot with uh, <laughs> here you go, random factoid with uh, good old Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, man, and, Mikey Whipwreck. And he he actually uh, did the favors for Mikey Whipwreck and put him over. Yeah. Uh, he they, they actually had a little series of matches, him and, and Mikey Whipwreck won every single time because Steve thought, you know, like, it'd be bigger for me to still be chasing the title instead of winning it. Like, I come, I just come over from WCW and win the damn title on my first night. Yeah. Why not have me chase it? You know, like, people already know me. They didn't expect me to be here. And then, I mean, the transition. Mikey Whipwreck, what an underdog. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I, once he dropped that gimmick and started teaming with Tajiri, that was some fun stuff, too. Yeah. Him, yep. Tajiri, and the Sinister Minister. Jeez, you're bringing me back. Now. Yeah. <laughs> their, uh, their international three uh, tag team three-way dances with uh, him, and then they have uh, Super Crazy and Psychosis teaming up wow, going against yeah. the FBI. With uh, little Guido and Tony Mama Luke. <laughs> oh man, those days! You can, those days will never nah, come back. No, nah, that that it was just perfect. ECW just had the perfect time, perfect crowd because the crowd made it too. Oh yeah, yeah. Perfect absolutely. time, perfect group of guys working for them, and just, it was just perfect. It wouldn't have succeeded any other time. No, never be anything like that. No, no, and I mean, and then they got the you know Terry Funk showing up, giving them credibility. He was seventy back then. Doing moonsaults too. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. From the top of a damn ladder, no less. <laughs> Wrapped himself in barbed wire with Sabu. It was it was you rem- I remember seeing that I think I remember seeing that live. The, the barbed wire match. The, the barbed yeah, wire match where him Sabu, and Sabu tore his freaking bicep. And off. he tried to just tape it up and, and yeah, keep going. He taped it and going. <laughs> and we were uh, twenty years later and they're both still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. 
I'll retire as many times as I want. I'm the funker. See, now that's the impression that needs to make the show. Yeah. That, one, that one's solid. You got 78 <laughs> Austin impressions that are <laughs> You're coming here with a Terry Funk that's gold. <laughs> no, no Texas God at damn all. It. That, was, that was solid. God damn it. I'll do uh, whatever no, wait, I wait, want. Wait, wait, wait. All right. We got to come back. Yeah. I hope I missed. I hope I didn't miss anything too fun. But uh, before I get there, I have just a, a little story, a little tweet, if you will. Uh, I read this when I came home from work today. It was uh, from Miley Cyrus, and she was defending herself because people were saying, you know, were saying, oh, she got a boob job. Now, Miley Cyrus is 19. Now, it's not uncommon for young Hollywood starlets to uh, go that route and uh, to, let's say, improve their assets, strengthen their personality, if you will. And so she uh, took to Twitter to respond to these allegations, and uh, she basically said, uh, you know, I appreciate the compliments, but they're they're real, they're all mine, and uh, you don't have to be fake to be beautiful. So it's a lesson out there to all you young girls. You don't have to be fake, or guys even. I don't know, I mean, do guys get breast implants? I don't know. Guys make changes. When society says, hey, you're ugly, they go and they fix themselves. You do not have to be fake to be beautiful. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. And uh, the real gem and why this was labeled Tweet of the Week by me, even though it's only Wednesday, it's okay. Tweet of the Week. Because uh, the biggest thing she said, you know, I'm 19. Boobs grow, people. So Miley Cyrus, hats off to you. Thank you for giving me a hearty laugh when I came home from work this afternoon. It was awesome. I mean... You know, yeah, you had to expect her to defend herself. Just say, yeah, yeah, they're real. But then, boobs grow people. I mean, it's so simple, and everyone seems to overlook it. They just go right to, oh, she got a boob job. She must have gotten a boob job. Oh, she's off, you know, she's not on, not doing her Disney Channel show. She must have gotten a boob job. Got to move off the world. Got to get a boob job. But she's got a point. Boobs do grow. So way to go, Miley Cyrus. Way to stick to being you. I think we got it. I think that'll work. I think ah, so too. Knows? It's a crapshoot. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll figure it out when I when I go back to edit this. <laughs> I really hope you can. <laughs> it usually works pretty well. I like to just I don't know. Thank you for recording your own audio, by the way. It takes it's totally. more work for me, but it creates a better a better environment for the listener. You know? No, I, I definitely agree, and I I try to record some good audio too. So hopefully it's good enough. Well, now that all the stuff all the stuff's working, I mean that's. That's a good sign, right? Totally. <laughs> so, what uh, you have a new album? It'll by the time. Uh, all right, friends, peek behind the curtain. We're doing this a month ahead of time, just because even in a pandemic, scheduling can be difficult. So, uh, we figured we're both free. We're both able to do it. So, let's just do it now and get it get it done. So, thanks for hanging out with me, Marcos. I appreciate it. Totally. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, you have an album coming out August twenty uh, eighth. So, by the time this drops, people will be able to get that. At, let's see, it's going to be at your website, it's on Bandcamp, um, and all the places where people get music, I assume? Yep, totally. Awesome. All right, see, my little bit of research I did two minutes ago really paid off. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, the most research I did was listen to your last EP, and I, I think I played a song from it, I think, a few weeks ago, months ago. Time has no meaning anymore. Um, right. 
And then, yeah, we were talking and I was like, hey, we should do an interview. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. And then I heard you on my buddy Doug's podcast. Um, and I was like, well, I was supposed to talk to that guy. So here we are doing <laughs> the thing. Very cool. I know Doug listens. So thanks, Doug, for reminding me indirectly to do this. <laughs> thanks, Doug, for being alive, being cool. That's the spirit. Yes. Thanks yeah. for living. Mm-hmm. Although, and, and where we are now as a, as a people, I think that's the best we can hope for, right? That is, that is all we can do. Correct. It's the best we can do. Uh, so your, um, let me think here. Your musical concoction, if that's the right term, it's probably not, is different from what I usually play on the show in that you don't have any lyrics. It's all instrumental. It's all, um, I don't know, throw in another fun adjective there. So, I usually ask musicians about their songwriting process because I'm a musician as well, so I like to see how things come together, but I realize I can't ask you the second part of the question about writing lyrics, so there are two of you in the band, correct? Well, I don't have lyrics yet. Yeah, oh, oh, so, oh. Yeah, so there oh, might breaking be news. some stuff that I'm working on. I've never been like anti-lyric. It's just not something that I do personally. And I feel like I've kind of, with the new album, really established like a firm sound. So it'd be fun to add something once in a while. I don't think any instrumental band is like purely instrumental. It's always cool to add some lyrics, you know? Although it can be really difficult to kind of fit your your melody to whatever lyrics you come up with. Like putting that together, right. if you, especially if you come up with them separately. Like if you have a chord progression or a riff or something and then come back to it say a week later with lyrics that you wrote independent of that it can be really tough to kind of finagle them together i agree i i'm of the process i'm of the mind of like we construct everything together and it's not just like i wrote this thing and then let's throw some stuff on top of it you know what i mean like i'm very much of the mindset that everything kind of has to be made together so uh that's kind of how i like to do things so you come in with a full idea already, like mapped out in your head? No, no, but I can like, <laughs> I, I can at the very least go, you know, okay, here's a guitar part and then here's the drum part and then here's the next part after that. And then you can kind of, I kind of create my, um, my sections. So, you know, like an A, B, a C, and then you can kind of mix those around. And it's also fun to make those first and then make like, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle where you can kind of mix and match these pieces. And I think that's the funnest way to do it. Um, and it's also just like if you ever get stuck, it's really easy to to kind of get out. But it, the best part is when you're like it does kind of come together like that, where it's like, you know, exactly how the whole song's already going to go. So it just depends. But that's definitely the way that I'll start. And then we can kind of everything is different, you know, and that's the fun part about making music. It's always it's always a little different. It's really rare that it happens when you come with an idea, or at least in my experience, when I come with an idea and have it fully fleshed out, usually I'll have like a chorus or a verse and then I'll have like maybe a little guitar fill in there somewhere and then kind of work from there. It's I think only one time in my entire songwriting life of, I don't know, 15 years or so that I've had it all just come out at once, which is, like I said, it is a great feeling to get that, but it's so rare. It's like chasing the dragon kind of thing. I think it's just better to just enjoy writing a song and then just being like, cool, I did it. Like, instead of like, you know, it could have been better here and here and here. It's just like, I'd rather just make another song instead of being a perfectionist. Like, I think it's uh, kind of the never ending cycle of like, well, this this part could be this and this could be, you know, it's just like you did it what you did in the moment. And it's kind of a time capsule 
instead of just like, it's never perfect. I can't ever put it out. I don't know. Yeah. Once you get in your own head about it, when you're thinking about, oh, we could make this tweak or we could do this, then you're going to have five versions and no one will ever hear them but you because you're still stuck kind of tweaking this and that and just, yeah, just put it out. And if you, I don't know, you can fix it later, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you on that. There's a record producer that I became friends with when I was in high school and uh, I would go and record records at his his studio. And I was very intrigued because he worked on a lot of projects and I thought it was really cool. Like that was like a really cool job to have. So I was like, who's the longest running client you've ever had? Like, you know, have, has anyone ever worked on something for a long time? And he told me a story of his friend who had a band that would come in every couple weeks or so. They would just pop in and work on a record and they had been doing it for like 10 years or something. And I was just like, man, that's it's not even you can't even tell if it's good or not anymore. Like, it's just this unreleased thing. And once it's released, like, it'll have just been 10 years of nobody knowing those songs. It's like, I don't know what you could have been doing in those 10 years to make them any better. I will say that I started a plan to write an album in like 2007 and it's still not done. So I can relate to that band. (laughs) Uh, I I just, you know, I feel like I feel this way in this moment and I want to capture it and get it out. And um, it even is frustrating sometimes when you're working with like physical mediums like vinyl, because it's like that stuff takes like three months to print. So... Like I, I just want to release it like tomorrow. You know, I don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, take all this time and and stockpile this music. Like, I love just like creating something and and putting the finishing touches on it. You know, I, I don't rush it or anything, but it's it's definitely more fun to do that, in my opinion. That's kind of like a newer way that bands release music now, though. Is it's just singles? I guess it's like okay, we have this song, we can promote it because it's done. Here we go, and we'll put an album out at some other point but for now we're in this moment like you said in this moment with this song here it is let's not sit on it don't do what i do and sit on it for a decade plus just here it is enjoy what we've put out and maybe we'll come up with something better later 